0: I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, where I talked about my truth versus absolute truth. If you missed it, please go back and listen to episode 69. Today, I want to talk about the things that divide us in the world, that keep us from uniting as a human family, that make us look at, treat, and judge each other according to our neighborhood, race, kin, social class financial resources, and so on. I like to call them the isms. You know what they are. Racism, sexism, classism, ageism, anti-Semitism, elitism, and so many more. They are like a cancer that grows and spreads if they aren't addressed and treated strategically and aggressively. Historically, we have tried to eliminate the isms entirely, or at least the negative effects of them, through legislation, education, and exposure, but they are still alive and well, kicking and growing at alarming rates here in America. I believe the reason America has been so unsuccessful at doing away with the isms or societal ills plaguing us is because at the root of every ism is a heart issue, and you can't legislate the heart. The Bible says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Gandhi is quoted as saying, A man is but the product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes. So what is in your heart is reflected in your speech, your behavior, and your lifestyle. As I see it, America has a sin problem. God, who is no respecter of persons, and who made men in his own image, is not pleased with all the isms and the general comfort level we have with mistreating and judging one another. We have almost accepted isms as a way of life. The Bible says sin is a reproach to any people, and we certainly see that with all of the harm the isms have caused in our country and in the world. But the good news is the Bible gives us a way to safeguard against isms and eliminate them and the inferiority-superiority complex they cause and promote. The scripture says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. It also says, In humility, value others above yourself. And it goes on to say, Love our neighbors as ourselves. If you view people as inferior to you or yourself as better than them, you are part of the problem and you are keeping the spirit behind every ism alive because every ism has a superiority versus inferiority component. That means part of the root of isms is pride. And the scripture says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall so i believe if we address the heart and sin issues pride hate lying murder unforgiveness bearing false witness against our neighbor a mind that thinks up evil plans feet that are quick to do evil a heart that devises wickedness and so on we have a real shot at fixing the ism problem because any real and lasting transformation typically starts internally and then is reflected externally History has shown that dealing with just the externals of the ism problem doesn't work. It doesn't work because it's an inside job. You should know God cares about injustice, just like so many of us do. We can and in many cases should speak out, protest, write letters, make calls, sign petitions and change or create laws to address and root out systemic injustice. But until we address the evil in men's heart that is behind the scenes, I don't believe we will experience the eradication of injustices or hate in our nation and in the world. The Bible says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The scripture is telling us that humankind is incapable of fixing ourselves or the problem. We need a power greater than ourselves, stronger than our humanity to help us see right, feel right, and act right. That power is Jesus Christ himself. He's the one who died for every single human being, whether you're black or white, young or old, Christian or atheist. There's not a person on planet Earth that Jesus deemed unworthy of a death sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his life so we could make better choices. He died so we would reject sin, and choose righteousness, love, peace, joy, unity, and fellowship with each other. Jesus certainly didn't die for the replication of racial or gender inequality or for any of the isms. So in conclusion, I want to say, though we live in an ever-changing moral and spiritual climate, God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is not trendy, so right has never been wrong, and wrong has never been right in his eyes. He is the only hope America and the world has for fixing the isms that place such an ugly stain on humanity. I want to go on to remind my Christian brothers and sisters of our responsibility. Second Chronicles 7.14 guarantees that God will heal the land when his people repent, and when they pray. So pray for your neighbor's heart, but make sure you also pray for your heart. Repent and ask for forgiveness if you have been haughty, prideful, or if you consider yourself better than someone else. If we do our human part and believe a supernatural God to do what he promises in his word, I believe we will collectively see the manifestation of Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream That his four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. There's a scripture that asks the question, what does the Lord require of you? And the answer is to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Bye for now.